how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Hey, welcome to episode 360 of Creative Principles. We talk with Chris Mundy. This is the second time Chris has been on the show. You can also listen to episode 160, 200 episodes ago, where we talk more about his writing process, some of those things. And this one, we really go in the weeds about the final season of Ozark, um, how the pandemic changed some of the plot points, how moving from 10 episodes to 14 episodes changed things. We address the car crash. We address Ruth killing Javi, uh, Marty's decisions, Wendy's decisions, all these different things. Jonah's uh, trigger point at the end. So we go really into these these hard decisions they had to make for the show. So make sure to, to give this full thing a listen. A listen. If you haven't already seen it, obviously lots and lots of spoilers here. So do go back and watch that show all the way through and then now here's our episode with chris monday the showrunner of ozark you know spoilers are on the internet within a day so now we've right. been, been forever so yeah right well tell me um to kind of start with so to dive into the last season did the pandemic alter anything was it always meant to be about four seasons or do we're, there are some changes in the last couple of years because of that there, there are some changes um you know season three came out right when the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, everyone was locked inside and seemed to watch the show. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I wish there would not have been a pandemic, but I'm still, I'm, I'm happy that people watched it because of that. And there were always supposed to be four seasons, mm -hmm. but um, we went into the fourth saying we thought it was going to be 10. Mm -hmm. And then, then Netflix came back to us and said, what if it was 14? Um, so it uh so it altered it altered things it altered story um and we'd also been we we'd already kind of broken the season in 10 so we had to stop mm -hmm. turn those 10 into 14 um and and I think that had to be uh, had to have been in some way just because like okay let's do more because there's you know people are liking it so I was I was thankful to have as many as they'd give us mm. 
Was there anything you guys had to change? So they kind of did the the AMC thing where they broke it up that way. A lot of people, like I was watching you, you almost expect to see the car crash come back sooner just because we're used to these split seasons. Did anything change about the plot due to that? Uh, well, a lot of things changed when we went from 10 to 14. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Javi's mom, Camilla, wasn't really part of the 10. Um, uh, what we What we needed to do too is, we knew we knew uh, Ruth was going to kill Javi. Uh, we knew sort of what was the end of seven and the beginning of of eight, but we made sure we timed it so those were like the end of a season and the beginning of a season, since mm -hmm. that was the way people were going to exper experience it. Mm -hmm. um, but then we had four whole extra episodes to kind of figure out what we wanted to do with. So we had to like step back and kind of look at it from thirty thousand feet a bit and. Uh, and figure out what else we could we could do and what else we could play with. So um, a lot of that back half, um, you know, it gave us a little room to run with stuff. We always knew we wanted Rachel back, but all of a sudden we had more room to to really do more stuff with it. And uh, mm -hmm. but uh, Camilla's presence definitely was a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, it it altered the way um, Maya sort of ended the show. It's one of the only things I wish we could have tweaked a little bit more because, like she you know, she calls the feds and she basically, you know, arrests Navarro herself. And mm -hmm. that was supposed to be later in the season. So it was a big flashier thing. And so in the end, she'd done this, like the only thing of principle in the whole season, but there was still a little runway left. And so um, where, where she was going to be kind of pushed out a little bit, that, that altered a little bit too. And, and you guys, you know, you could have maybe milked, you know, Ruth killing Javi. You kind of got to that pretty quickly in the in the second half. Was that always the plan? Like, tell me that, some of the thought process about that. That was always that was always the plan. Um, uh, yeah, I wanted it to be almost like um, this Greek tragedy where, like, there's a choice you make it, and then everything's going to spill out from there and so right. you know inside that show we we wanted to play with the fake out she doesn't shoot him she has a couple fantasies of killing him then she doesn't shoot him um so we wanted to play with people's expectations of us milking it across the season mm -hmm. um but um but in general on the show we've always kind of gone with the the um the theory of like just Get that it's part more interesting to way. do it. More, <laughs> interesting, in, in, more interesting to do it and then see what happens out of out of something happening, rather mm -hmm. than than teasing things very much. So uh, we tried to we tried to stay true to ourselves. With that kind of in mind, do you guys have any input on what shows up? Because I think in the trailer they show one of the hallucinations that that he gets shot on the street. I think they showed yeah. that in the teaser, right? Do you guys have any say in that, or is that kind of up to yeah, Netflix? No, no. I mean, Netflix makes them. They do like an amazing job at that stuff, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so shout out to them for that. Because, uh, um, but they they run all that stuff by both Jason and I, and uh, and say, and so you know, and, and so uh, if we have any worries about it, and uh, and that was the only that was one. In fact, they flagged that very thing. They said, you know, we're going to show this thing, and but so much we can do so much else in the trailer because knowing what knowing what's happened, and and he and I are both kind of the same. Like you know. We're not, I've never not watched something because of a spoiler, you know? Right. So, um, and also with, with something like that, the people see that and then they get into the show and they're like, oh, it was just a dream. I, you know, the thing, and then they still get surprised. Right. Again. So uh, I was, I was totally cool with it. Yeah. It's also like, 
you're expecting the whole second half to be about that. But if we see it right now, we're like, well, I guess it happens right away. I guess they're <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah, go, yeah. go ahead and yeah. do it. Um, what were some of your conversations maybe with Jason about Marty in the final season? I mean, was was Marty's fate kind of inevitable? Like we see him start to make mistakes. He gets in a fist fight in traffic and these little things that are not Marty Bird. You know, what were some of those conversations like? Well, I, I wanted to make sure he was active. It's funny, in, in a lot of ways, uh, Marty was always the hardest character to write for um, because he's just kind of dealing with everybody else. Do you know what I mean? He's always mm-hmm. kind of spinning a lot of plates and he's trying to keep everything calm. And he's calm. He's trying to hold the family together. And he's trying to hold his marriage together. And he's trying to like make sure Ruth doesn't do something incredibly stupid. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason's so good at that as a actor and that character so good in the middle of all that. But, um, but it's also, it can get reactive and we're like, mm-hmm. Oh God, we, we need him driving things a little more. So, so we really wanted him to be, um, a little more of a driving force and a little more as things unraveled, we wanted to watch him unravel mm-hmm. just a little bit. I mean, I, I took great pleasure in watching him completely snap and beat that guy up and, and lose it. Even just the argument in the car before that, you know, uh, with him and Laura was, was, was so great. So we wanted it. We wanted to kind of push him knowing, knowing it was the end you know, I think the the fear is always like so much stuff happens on our show that you don't want to have someone have a complete breakdown and then next episode, they've got to be okay. And then, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can get whiplash, um, but, but knowing you're rolling to the end, you can, you have a little more freedom to, to, to mess with everybody. It seems like you guys take a lot of time to, when you do decide on a plot point, you really think about how each character is going to react to that, especially the dynamics of the family. Like if, when Jonah's doing something, Marty kind of likes it. Wendy doesn't. Do you do anything logistically to make sure you're hitting each character viewpoint, or is it just more conversation? It's more conversation, but we but it's a lot of conversation. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of whiteboards with each character's name on it and being like, okay, Jonah, like what are we'll arc out everybody's big arcs on the season mm-hmm. just so we know and what scenes we might want to see with them. And then obviously as we do episode to episode we're doing that again with them. So we're kind of always, we always circle back and um, make sure that everyone, you know, everyone feels real. And if you think of it this way, it's like, you've got to be able to justify, I mean, all the, we were lucky because everybody on our show is so incredibly collaborative, but like any actor that comes to you and wants their part explained, you better have an answer. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so if we've done that work beforehand, it makes it a lot easier to, to, to work with them and get input and, and make things better. Hmm. This might be kind of a leading question, but are there any purposeful misdirects? Like, do you guys see a meaning with the car crash? Was it more about how they reacted to it? Uh, was it something else entirely? The car crash is a big one. The car crash to me was, that was another answer to your question on how things changed because that was always the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and it was always going to be in the last episode, but that last originally was supposed to be in one whole thing. Right. right. And we had a lot of discussion of whether or not we should change it and not put it in the first episode since it was going to go all the way to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally, like we were just kind of like, screw it. It feels, it feels right. It is the, it does circle back to the end. Mm-hmm the seasons were going to be close enough together that we felt like we could earn it. It wasn't like messing with people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but something like um, something like that, like that, we wanted that in partly to mess with people and partly knowing they were coming up to something. And it's like, wait, is this, 
almost that mad way. It's like, if this is the end of the show and they just die in a car crash, I'm going to be, I'm going to hate this show forever. Um, but we really wanted it in there. Um, there's a car crash in season one in the flashback episode hmm. that is, uh, is kind of what Wendy loses a baby. She goes into depression, into a depression. Part of that helps trigger his decision to say like, what if we laundered this? They've, these people are reaching out about laundering money. Mm-hmm. So it's baked in that thing had been baked in there. So subliminally, we wanted to play off that a little bit. And also just this feeling of like, anything can change in a, in a moment. There's, we talk so much about fate and a little bit about religion in the last year, especially. And, and, and but just like for all the danger then they've, they've gotten out of one day, they could just be going down the road and a, tr- and a truck could come in the wrong lane. And that's that, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, we wanted it. It was almost a reminder of that. And then obviously, you know, the priest telling Wendy that it was, it was a sign that they're not going to make it. And her saying it was, no, it was exactly the opposite. We, we kind of liked all those component pieces. Gotcha. Were there some, um, to kind of go off that the religion theme throughout, like, did you purposefully want some redemption for Sam? Like Sam kind of leans into that and he seems to be the only one maybe out of this life, you know, to some degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if it was redemption as much was sad. I, I, I wish I, I, that would be a better answer than the one I'm going <laughs> to give you. Uh, mine's a little more cynical. It's like, uh, th- th- it was more kind of fun with Sam because Sam, Sam's always looking for some, Sam's always looking for a leader. He's looking for like, and he, and he can always like, you know, it was Wendy, then it was Ruth. Then it was like, do you know what I mean? He's like yeah. yearning for it so bad. So um, he seemed ripe for, um, the church van back to North Carolina, you know? Right. Uh, right. Uh, but inside that, like there's a good life for Sam. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah you know, so, uh, so I'd be very curious if we caught up with Sam in five years. <laughs> what did you guys um, feel like you, you had to do for mainly Marty and Wendy? Did you, I mean, I'm sure you had plenty of different options. Um as far as like resolutions to character, especially in regards to family, both their children, uh, when these parents, how did you kind of have some of those conversations and lead to the ending? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of talk. There was, there was some people in the room that in the writer's room that thought that they should not survive the series. We, we talked a lot about that. The big thing for me that was important is um, they each needed to make a choice mm-hmm. of whether or not they were going to stay in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, they're, they're free and clear by the end. Um, I mean, they're karmically not free forever, but, um, but, uh, but it was really important to me that, that, that they come through all of this and make a, make a choice, whether or not they're going to get divorced, whether or not they're going to stay together, whether or not the family's going to disintegrate. So, um, that to me was the only, that was the main thing, you know what I mean? Um, to, uh, to know themselves well enough to know what they want at this point. Cause I think when the series started five seasons, four seasons ago, those characters didn't know themselves very well. Um, mm-hmm. And you come through everything we put them through. And you, if you're a thinking person, you better know yourself pretty well, what you're cap- capable of, what you're willing to do, you know? So uh, my wife and I watched this together. I think I rewatched the last, you know, few seconds several times. I'm kind of mainly looking at Marty's face and, and wondering if, you know, the permission type angle, which we, we can leave open if you want to. 
when you guys shot this and you know i think it goes black and then we hear the gunshot we're pretty sure what happens but did you leave anything did you have conversations about well i hope the audience feels a few things what were those maybe feelings like the, the, the what I wanted the audience to feel, I never thought that people would think that there was any ambiguity about what happened. I thought it was mm. going to be pretty clear. Like for me, it was just if we kept showing it, you're going to have to live in that moment for quite a while. You're going to have to live in Mel's blood and the thing and like this. And I just I I we were done. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I really wanted the audience to feel and Jason and I talked about a, a bunch because I mean, he had to act it, but he was also directing it um, is. I wanted people to be like, whoa, and then kind of like, yes. <laughs> and then a minute later, 10 seconds later, being like, wait, why, why in the world am I cheering? Like, that's actually, you know what I mean? I wanted that. I wanted them to kind of like it to feel like this, like they escaped. And then, and then it's just like, oh God, Jesus, at what cost? So, um, right. um, but I wanted that to be the afterthought. And I wanted that to be the thought either on the couch in black or at the fridge, you know, grabbing a beer when it was over. Did the the two major things, I, I guess, would be Jonah pulling the trigger and, of course, Ruth getting killed. And, and well, you know, the decisions being made that led to these other things. Um, how I can't imagine. I feel like that's all you guys could possibly talk about are those two things. Like, was there any outlet for Ruth? Do you see those two things as completely inevitable based on the way everything played out? No, I, going into the... Um, the final season, Ruth was not, Ruth was going to make it through, Wyatt was going to make it through. Um, uh, and then we made the decision about Wyatt, you know, relatively early. And then sort of when Ruth kills Javi, when you just start looking at the course of all that, as we were breaking it, it's almost heartbreaking. Like, like, cause what you're seeing is like, oh my God, she's going to have to I don't think she's going to make it. And, mm -hmm. and part of you thinks like, well, it's my job to like save her, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's like, it's very different. Like as a person, the person telling the stories or all of us as a group telling the stories. And yet we're all kind of fans of the show too. And the fans in the show to us, like, you know, you love that character so much. So um, I think uh, that was the thing. We, we talked about that a lot. Like, I mean, you can imagine like, but we mm -hmm. talked about it endlessly to the point where, I mean, there was a real divide. I mean, I could, I literally could like, I could run down a list of names on each side of the divide. Um, and I knew what everybody thought. And I kind of knew where I felt like it was going and I I'm, was going to be the one that made the final decision. So at one point I was finally like, like, we can't talk about this anymore. We need to keep breaking everything else. And we've said everything there is to say, I just need to think. And then hmm. I don't know. I've said this before, but it's true. It sounds like something you say, but like, I couldn't sleep for like two weeks. Like I would wake up at like three 34 in the morning. Like I was so stressed by it. I think, I think I was most stressed by it because I knew what the, what the right decision for the story was. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went back saying, it was like, okay, here's what we're doing. Let's keep moving forward. There were, there was a group of people that were very happy. There were, a, there was a group of people that uh, were very bummed, but took it well. And, uh, and then we just kept going. And, uh, but it was, it was a lot, it was a lot. It was, it was, it was, it was definitely a lot. Do you think you have 
just the long runway of television, more freedom to come to these um, conclusions that are are satisfying and not satisfying at the same time. I used to ask a lot of writers about, it's kind of almost like two obscure movies, a movie called Arlington Road and a movie called A Simple Plan. And they both I have just- both, I love both those, those movies. They both have like pretty rough, in, you know, rough endings. And um, do you think television gives you more freedom to to do that? I mean, because it's, it's just like, a lot of a lot of fans so i loved everything but i'm not happy with it but but it was also inevitable you know right yeah i think television gives you more freedom um in that you've got so much more time to build the reasoning behind it you know mm-hmm. um so i mean it's a really good question so i and then obviously just kind of thinking on the fly but like but you know in a 2 hour movie you're building this one experience and it's almost more of a, yeah. One of those kind of endings is like, wait, 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 what? Um, where, you know, like to use Ozark as the example, we did 44 hours yeah. of the show. Um, and so you create a different DNA and you like, like using Ruth's death as an example, it's like, well, what do you expect? All the Langmores are gone. Right. Oh, you, know, you know, Cade's gone. Russ is gone. Boyd's gone. <laughs> I mean, why it's gone, you know, three is alone in the trailer now but um so all of a sudden you're like oh yeah that make that makes sense and i've lived through that and i've lived through those losses so um i think you just have more time to build the um build your case almost or 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 build a world in which things can seem inevitable and she still did have the choice not to pull the trigger marty tried to stop her that seems like the big difference in terms of her final conclusion yeah no that and and that's what i mean by the sort of like greek tragedy of it like it's like she absolutely had the choice and and even when she didn't do it marty basically says to her like well both before she goes after him one more time and then even you know yeah even in the in the room uh and and it's like no she's she's she has made a decision and that decision everything stems from that decision, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's her fault's the wrong word, but um, she, she, she started the ball rolling. Right. So we, we've kind of went through all, all the big questions from the series itself. Is there anything, if you were to go back when you started working on this show, any advice you wish you had or anything you learned specifically about uh, working on a series for a long period of time like this? they kind of take on a life of their own shows like um, both behind the scenes and also in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And I think the more, I think the more all of that feels of a piece and all the more everyone kind of feels part of that, the better. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I can't exactly explain how, but like the, the show is better because of how close people making it were, you know, mm. you know, season one where all the Langmores hung out together all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and um, off, off screen and, and, you know, um, and Laura uh, like would always want to know at the beginning of the season, like what's coming for Wendy and have like different ideas. Everybody, like everybody was paddling in the same direction. And I think, and I think in, in a certain way, um, that to me is just the biggest lesson that you, that you can do that. It, it's achievable um, in, in the right way. And then as the per- person writing it or the group of us writing it, um, being open to that 
is, is is huge. I think I think sometimes in TV there's this there's an idea that like, you know, we write it down and then like that's it, that's gospel. And mm-hmm. and um, you need to be open to 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 the to good ideas, and then it makes you more confident when you when you say like, no, 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 it's going to be this other thing because because you've actually been open to the ideas and you know the best scripts are always the ones where like, Oh, I can't remember. Did I write that? Or did someone in the room say that? Or did Jason actually say that on set? Like, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, um, if, if, if you can have that kind of a place, your show is probably going to be pretty decent. Do you have any advice? I think we have maybe time for one or two more. Do you have any advice for making those hard decisions? Was there a specific North star you had in mind that helped you make these, these big decisions about character plot points at the end? Um, no, they just, I, I think if, if, I think if you think in terms of it as a television show, that gets tricky. And if you think of it in terms of the reality of the characters that are walking around inside of it, I, I you know, you can make a bad decision on either, in either direction probably, but, but, I, but I feel like if you're aggressively leaning toward what would these people really do, what would actually happen then um the odds are the odds are just better you know and instead of trying to dissect like it as a television show and what people want out of a television show i think um i think that's a losing proposition hey thanks for tuning in to the show so many great lessons on screenwriting there if you're looking for some more information though some more about the craft of writing for television uh, we have a new chorus called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com slash television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com slash television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.